This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. You're listening to a message by Pastor John Matthews. The Lord began to stir in my heart uh, about six to nine months ago that we were coming into a season of some um, rearranging. He wanted to better facilitate what heaven wanted to do, so we needed to rearrange a little bit. And one of the things that needed to happen is uh, we needed some help. We needed some help in being able to move forward in the pastoral piece of this church. And it was an area that, you know, you come in here on a Sunday, man, and uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's just a rich time in his presence. It's a rich time in his glory. Like people, it's a, I mean, it's pretty awesome. But even when you go home, people still have problems. Right? I do. I don't know about you. And there's, there's a lot of responsibility to carry in for a lot of people. One of the things that we don't want to do is just create a, what I would call just a worship center. We want to be a healthy house. And if all we're doing is having powerful Sunday morning worship services, we are not creating a healthy group of people. That's a good start. But there's more to it than that. And uh, so the Lord began to lay on my heart. He said, you need to bring in some help on the pastoral side. And also, he said, when you do that, I've got things for the city that I'll begin to light on fire in your heart when you can begin to let off a little bit of the load. And so um, the Lord began to give me dreams and just make things pretty much as clear as you could that he said, you're going to hire on David Brown. And a lot of you don't know who he is. Some of you do know who David is. But I've been getting to know David for a couple years now and having conversations quite often with them. And they're some of the most just, just beautiful family you're ever going to meet. And so this morning, I'm really excited that we get to welcome them into our house this morning. And so um, David is, I'm going to welcome them up, and I want you guys to really honor and welcome them to the gate this morning. (laughs) Oh, you guys need some girls. Yeah. I am I am just extremely honored that they have uh, they're coming on staff. You could be seated and and um, well, David's officially, but if you're married, you're coming on to a degree. That's just how ministry is, you know. And but we just want to honor their family, and I want to just give David a moment just to just to share his heart, why he's here, what, what his heart is. And um, if David leaves me any time, I'll preach at the end. <laughs> but just take a moment and just, just kind of give an overview of what you're feeling. Well, it's funny that you were talking about this uh, um, generosity and, uh, and the sense that when the Lord gives it, uh, it kind of makes us almost uncomfortable with, uh, with how generous he is. And, and this whole morning, what, uh, what the Lord's put in my heart, just to try to as best encapsulate what I think where we're here to help bring is... Uh, you know, Jesus came to give life and life abundantly, but in the Greek, it's actually super abundantly. And it actually has this connotation of being so abundant that other people are, are jealous for it. And, and, and so Jesus said this. He's like, I want to give you this kind of life, and that life is the light of men. And this life is so overflowing within us that it's going to actually make us feel uncomfortable because of how great it is. And, and our job is to take, you know, what has been deposited and what's going to continuously be deposited in this house and just nurture it and cultivate it and bring it, you know, from the spirit into our soul and then from our soul into our bodies, into our bodies, into the land. And so that's a a short synopsis of it. And it does take work. It does take discipline. You know, we're going to be shouting with you guys. My my voice is a little bit gone already because of AJ and uh, (laughs) going after it. So, um, but also it takes patience uh, and perseverance. And, uh, you know, that's one of the results of our marriage that we can always uh, hang a hat on already is through patient perseverance. We've seen a a deep love form uh, within us, within our family. And so we're here to patiently persevere with you all. And it's going to take y'all's help with us to walk with you to help bring heaven to earth into your relationships, into your business into the city, into the things that are most dear to you, because who you are as, as dear to the, to the Lord, he's jealous to see that released. And I'm jealous for it, but imagine that Jesus himself was released for all that superabundant life to come in and out of you and be sustained long term. And so that is what we are planning to flag on and for this house. So. 
Come on, extend your hands towards them, all right? Let's just pray over them. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for the Brown family. And Lord, we just can't wait to see what you do, not only in this house through them, but through this house in them. And Lord, we thank you for them. We honor them, Lord. And we just pray that as we step into this new season, that your hand and your grace and your blessings would flow in every area, Lord. We thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming up, guys. Now, you can go to kids' church if you want now. <laughs> so good. A funny story. Um, when I offered them the position, um, I, 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 well, we took them out to dinner. You got to take somebody out to dinner and feed them, you know, if you're going to. And uh, took them out. And I was like, do I start with this? Do I end with this? If they say no, it's going to be awkward, the whole meal. So maybe we'll eat first, and then I'll, I'll buy them a really good meal. Then I'll ask them, right? Anybody ever have those thoughts? You're like running through your head. Where do we go right now? It's like, like asking someone out, like dating again. I thought I was past all that. You know what I mean? And I'm like, do I now, later? And uh, we're sitting there, and I was praying. I'm like, Lord, like, what do you want to do? And Elizabeth, I'll never forget. <laughs> she looks at me out of just out of the blue and I think the Lord just spoke right through her she said how are you guys doing at the gate like how are you doing with pastoring and raising up pastors and I just chuckled and I looked at Tiffany I'm like well now that you mention it and uh you know we went right into it and David told me that evening he said you know when we were driving here we were praying together Lord um well how did you word it you um reveal your destiny and now he spoke fast I wish I got all my answers that quick <laughs> it was in the car and so we're just really excited about um, them coming alongside of us and helping create healthy, powerful people that can steward the kingdom and what God's doing here well. So we've got a lot of things we're talking about, but everybody make sure to say hi to them. Last announcement, and I'm going to talk for a few minutes. Y'all are like, I don't believe that. <laughs> I am just wanting to make sure the house knows I will be uh, leaving this Thursday, and I'll be out of town for almost two weeks celebrating my 15-year anniversary with my wife. So um, <laughs> I, I gave David the keys, and I'm like, see ya. <laughs> no. Um, so just so you know, I'll be out of the office, but the office will be open, and everything will go on as normal. And next week, uh, AJ speaking. And that, yeah. And then, and then the week after that, David will be speaking. So... And people will get healed and touched by Jesus. Thanks, Father. Got so many things in my heart right now. What are we going to do? Can I give a couple prophetic words? <laughs> You're like, yeah, maybe I'll get one. <laughs> um, wheelers. You guys. Uh, I, Jessica's not. That's okay. That's okay. We can. She can hear me. Hello, Jessica. <laughs> See, we're back to that looking two different directions again. Um, no, I had a word. I just had a word for you guys. It was um, it was simple in my and, and it's not hard to understand, but it's powerful. You guys are atmosphere shifters. Um, I believe that you have an anointing on you that when Judah was told to praise and move forward, that when they did, the Lord said, I'll release ambushing angels. You guys actually, like, those ambushing angels are with you, and they have the ability. That's why uh, you guys, uh, you watch. Anytime something feels like it's blocking you, it will be removed because you carry those angelic. They stay with you, and you guys, when you're here, I can feel it. I can feel it when you're not. I don't like to highlight people too, too much, cause, but you know what I mean? But I do. I, when you walk in, I feel it. I feel like someone's over here just, you know, I can feel the angels like, I'll get rid of that and get rid of that. And, you know, and there's like this breaker thing going on. And so I just bless you guys that you would continue. The Lord, though, is going to begin to use you to step out more in the community with it. And it's going to be really powerful as you begin to do that. He's going to use it in the house, too, but it's going to be just as much out of the house as it is in the house. And you watch things begin to break financially, too. Things are really going to be released over you guys' lives. So we bless you guys right now in Jesus' name. Um, I know I shouldn't. Uh, Matt and Stephanie. Uh, oh, just Matt again. Hey, Stephanie. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> talk to the camera. I had a word. It was actually, uh, it was really uh, strong. I, I was um, up here worshiping. 
And the Lord just kept giving me this word, raising prophets, raising prophets. There you are. And uh, the Lord kept giving me this word, raising prophets, raising prophets. And I feel like you guys are going to have a grace to actually be able to equip people to raise children up that have that prophetic gift on them. I already see it on you guys. I watch you. I, I'm like, you know, Instagram stalker. And I'm, I'm always watching. But there's something on the two of you that's so unique because it's, it's not just one or the other. There's something that's going to be together, but it's going to be powerful because it's going to begin to almost come up with a manual how to raise prophets. And it, it might even literally transition into a manual of raising prophets and, and, and whatever that looks like. And I've already, there's so much of a grace even on your little guy that you just you see it all over him. But the Lord wants to see that replicated and duplicated all over the kingdom. And so I just bless you guys with whatever that looks like. Just to, just to see that thing taken and expanded in the kingdom. I, so just bless you guys. Love you guys. And, you know, had to give you that before you left. A couple more things. Um, Craig Cooksey. Um, I just felt strongly for you that the Lord was saying to you that you have uh, done a really, really good job and been very faithful. And you're a guy that's really okay with being in the background, but he's pushing you out of the background. And um, I remember when that happened to me because I was really happy on the second row. And um, anybody else feel that way? I am happy second, third row. Some of you are like, I'm happy in the back. But um, I, I remember I went to a conference one time, and I just told the Lord, I'm like, I'm just really good on the second row. And um, I, I'll never forget, I was leading worship, right? Worship leaders always get left out of prophetic ministry. For those of you that do prophetic ministry, don't forget the worship team. They're up there playing, and you're, like, prophesying. And they're like, turn around. And I was playing my, I was leading worship, which I don't do much anymore. And we were at this conference, and I was playing my piano, and I just said in my mind, I said, I said, this sounds bad. I said, it really stinks sometimes that everybody forgets the worship team when they're prophesying. The moment I said that, the lady that was prophesying looks like someone took her arm and went, and she turned around and looked at me and said, God wants you to know that he hasn't forgotten you either. I was like, whoa. I was like, that was like, that was pretty cool. And, um, but one of the words she gave me, she said, God is bringing you from the second row to the front row. And she said, even if you don't want to, he is. And I feel the same thing for you. I really felt it strong and echo for you that God is bringing you forward. You're faithful. You're, you're one of the greatest just loving people I've ever met. And God wants you to know he's bringing you forward. He's, he's, he's promoting you, so enjoy it. You don't have to even work at it. He's promoting you. So, um, yeah, that's it. I think we'll stop there. And everybody else, God wants you to know he really loves you. <laughs> See, you got a word. I gave you a word. <laughs> Our drummer, Victor. He can do, he can say things that no one else can say. If I say it, I'd get in trouble. We were at my favorite coffee shop one time. And he stood up. No, we were walking out. We were right by the door. And he's like, I got to do something. And he runs back in the door and goes, hey, everybody. And I'm like, I'm leaving. <laughs> this is my favorite coffee shop, and you are not getting me kicked out. So I just kept walking. And he went back, and he's like, Jesus just wants you to know right now how much. And he's like, how much he loves you and how amazing you are. And, like, all of a sudden, the Lord started speaking to all these people. Then I felt guilty because I, he's like, dude, you bailed on me. I'm like, it's, it's like my favorite coffee shop, bro. And so, but um, the, Lord's, the Lord's bringing us into a season of encounters. And he's bringing us into a place where we're going to begin seeing encounters throughout the city that are very easy. Very easy. And so... Um, I just opened something that's not my sermon. Let's try again. It's a good sermon, but it's not this week's. I, I want to talk to you a few minutes. We have this conference coming up uh, called Reformers Gathering. And I just want to kind of talk to you briefly about a couple things, why we called it that and what, what it is. Because it can be a controversial name, and we've gotten kind of throat punched for it on Facebook. Like, you know, people that have a really religious spirit are like, all up and upset about a name like Reformers Gathering. and But I just happen to believe that God is raising up reformers in the earth right now that are not scared of a religious spirit. 
and they won't back down until they see what is reformation it's a reformation it means in every area in your family in your city in your homes in your workplace a reformation of things to be better aligned with heaven and so we we were praying over it we had this name reformers gathering originally it was just going to be reformation or something like that and the lord said though this is about the reformers you can't have reformation without a reformer And you can't have a reformer if you don't get people that are okay with just going out and doing what God says. And I just want to share a couple stories of some reformers. I've shared a couple of these a couple years ago now. But about every 500 years, we see something in the history books with the church. About every 500 years, the Lord has a massive spiritual yard sale. You know what I'm talking about? You know what a, like, you know what a yard sale is, right? It's where you sell all of the, your junk and someone else buys it. And it's like things you have a hard time letting go of. It's like people are like, why are you having a hard time letting go of that? Like, that's my chair. Like, that's my, that's my, like, it's got holes in it. It's like broken, but that's my chair. And about every 500 years, we see this happen in the church. We see a a worldwide garage sale where the Lord comes in and begins to look at things and says, you don't need that anymore. How many know in yard sales, you begin to dig through things and you begin to find weird things in your house? Like, where did that even come from? You know what I'm talking about? You're like digging in the attic and you're like, who's this? Did you buy? I didn't buy. How did it even get in our attic? You know what I mean? And it's like, there's all these things you begin to see. It's like, what is that from? And I believe that what happens is, is over the years in a church, in the body of Christ, there are things we pick up. There are even teachings. There are even doctrines. There are things that we pick up that are, how many know, they're not all healthy. There have been a lot of people that have done a lot of teachings, and I believe that so often the people try to give it their best shot at giving an answer to something that sometimes they just don't have an answer for. And they give their best shot at an answer, and then all of a sudden it becomes something that someone else teaches it, and someone else teaches it. And you go back and look, where did that even come from? And about every 500 years, about 500 years ago now, we're in the 501st year, I believe, of when Martin Luther and, and that Reformation, I think it was 501 years ago, where he said something's got to change. People got to be able to read their Bible. And there was another man that was a reformer that I've shared with, a, you know, in times past, but I always love talking about it because it's one person that just, everything that the world would look at him and say, you are not qualified, he still brought about a great reformation. And his name was Lonnie Frisbee. I love talking about this guy because Lonnie Frisbee, about 50, 50 or so years ago, had an encounter with the Lord. Now, let me tell you a little bit about who Lonnie Frisbee is, if you've never heard of Lonnie Frisbee. Lonnie, Lonnie Frisbee was a nudist, homosexual hippie. <laughs> so if you think you're not qualified for something, I'm setting the bar pretty high that I'm telling you that there are people that have done things that felt less qualified than you. So you got this guy named Lonnie Frisbee who he's this nudist homosexual hippie who was tripping on acid and all of a sudden had an encounter with Jesus. (laughs) And he said that he saw Jesus walking toward him and Jesus in this encounter said, Lonnie, I need you. There's something about when Jesus looks at you and says, I need you. That I can't explain how it works, but we see it with the disciples. When he came to the disciples, he's like, guys, come with me. Great idea. Let's sell everything and give our whole life to you. There's something about when Jesus comes to you and says, I need you. Everything in you comes to life because it says, this is exactly the moment I've been waiting for. And so here's this guy, Lonnie, that is, is tripping on acid. And in that moment, he began to, he had this encounter with the Lord, and Lonnie's ministry began. <laughs> I'm going to rub every religious bone that you could have this morning. I'm telling you, like, it's, we're going we're gonna to push our limits here, because I feel like God is saying, the people I'm getting ready to bring through the door that I'm going to use mightily are going to shock you. They're going to shock you. And so here's Lonnie, he begins to teach the gospel, and he, he came across this passage about baptizing people. He did not go to Bible school. His Bible school was Jesus came to him while he was high. 
And then he's, he's, he's ministering, he's doing, and he comes across this Bible passage where it's like, you need to baptize people. So what's he do? He goes down to the beaches of California, and they said that he, he didn't even know how to do it. They said the best account they had was that he was throwing people in the water. I, I want you to see, like, the world's funnest baptism ever. Just, you know, it's, throwing people out there in the water and he's he, it said that people were watching it and people were seeing what was happening and people that weren't even with him began to just come up and say i want to be baptized and so he began to put he didn't he didn't know the right way to do it he didn't know that you're supposed to be saved and all that first so he was baptizing people and they were coming out of the water saved and filled with the holy spirit why because god said i'll take care of this and so i know that we in church know we'll get saved then we'll baptize you he didn't have that together he's like he missed that part so he's baptizing them and they're coming out filled with the holy spirit uh, a, a nudist hippie don't say yeah too loud people think you're weird I'm sorry. what's the point you had no idea what he was doing and he was a perfect candidate to bring change to culture god isn't looking for the train he's looking for the qualified and what qualifies you is when you say yes. What qualifies you is when you say yes. I know a lot of people that are way more trained than me. Way more trained than me. And they will sit down and try to have all these theological arguments. And I, you know, it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, right. You win. Take your victory. I don't even care. It doesn't bother me. Why? Because I have a relationship and my identity is rooted in Jesus. And I know what he's called me to do. And he's called me and he's called this house to impact culture. And he's raising up a group of people that's going to do that. At the same time, there was a man named Chuck Smith who was pastoring a church. And Chuck Smith found out what was going on with Lonnie. And so he reached out to Lonnie and he said, hey, all those people that you're getting saved, why don't you bring them into my church? <laughs> Chuck's church board wasn't real happy about this because all of a sudden what they did was is all of these hippies that are getting saved are flooding into this church and messing up their normal. <laughs> and I have a question for you this morning. Are you willing to let God mess up everything you know to bring you into a season of things you've been waiting to know? There has to become a point where we say, God, you can mess up everything I think I know. Because I really just want to know your heart. And so they begin to welcome in. This Chuck Smith begins to welcome in Lonnie and all these people into his church. And there's all these radical hippies that have been saved. And they're coming in. And what happens? They walk into the church. And they decide, hey, let's take our organ and our piano. And let's shove all that to the sides of the stage. And let's get, like, guitars and drums we say yeah they weren't all happy about that where's my organ turn to page 375 all of a sudden you've got a group of people that are in the house that are hungry and all of a sudden contemporary worship is born from what back to a hippie that had an encounter with Jesus to a man who said, I welcome what God's doing in this house. And then you begin to see there's a reference. What's happening? Worship's being reformed. It's being reformed. And so thousands of hippies are flooding into this church in Costa Mesa, California to have an experience. An experience that's higher than any of the drugs that they've done. An experience that marks them. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, the Lord's been downloading in me these four, it's these four E's that I feel like is actually going to be something that's really birthed into this house over the next year. And it's these, it's experience, it's empower, excuse me, it's experience, it's equip, empower, and engage. He, I, I wake up hearing these four E's over and over, but people tend to think that that first one's not all that important experience it's huge it's huge you can't fight with someone who's had an experience find someone that's been healed and try to have an argument with them that god doesn't heal today let me know how that goes why because authority will always trump an argument and authority is born from experience and so <laughs> they begin to experience something 
something new is happening. And Chuck Smith begins to work with this guy named John Wimber. Sound familiar? Anybody know who that is? And John Wimber has a passion for the supernatural. And so all these people that are getting saved through Lonnie and through Chuck's ministry with this passion, all of a sudden now they're being, they're being brought into this movement of the supernatural. <laughs> These are the perfect candidates. I'm telling you, people that are tripping on who knows what, they are perfect candidates for the supernatural because they're looking for it on their own means. And so he begins to teach them. They begin to bring them in. They begin to help them understand about the the supernatural. And all of a sudden, the vineyard movement is born. You see where I'm going with this? I think we can look back at some of the heroes in faith. And we don't look far enough back to see the one that looked the least qualified started it. I look at, I think, Vineyard, and I think about certain movements that have happened. I think about the Toronto outpouring that has affected oh, millions probably at this point because the Toronto outpouring affected Bethel, and Bethel is almost an extension of what was experienced there. And we see all these things, but so many of them, you trace them back, and it goes to this very unqualified person, according to the world. Jesus said, you're perfect. <laughs> You're perfect. God's looking for people that he can, use, he can take and he can empower to engage a city. It wasn't going to be someone who walked in with a suit that was going to get the hippies. I have a concern when the church all starts looking the same. <laughs> that was weird. That was a little cold. <laughs> There's a problem when we all start looking the same. Because we're supposed to be able to engage in the community God's put us in. I love when I meet people in this. <laughs> Greatest compliment I get is, you're a pastor? <laughs> I guess I don't look the part. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. I, I get it all the time. They're like, you're a pastor? <sighs> yeah. I asked someone one time, I said, a, a lady that used to cut my hair, I said, I said, I'm just curious, why did you say that? And she said, <laughs> I'm just saying what she said. She said, you're too nice. And she said, you don't look like a pastor. I said, what's that mean? She said, you don't dress like a pastor. I'm not going to keep digging in. It's getting weird at this point. You know what I mean? And, but, but there's something that happens is that we all begin to get into this stream, and we all want to do the same thing. But you see, God likes to take people that are the ones that everybody looks at them and says, you don't, not, there's no way. You? Yeah. You. You see, God has a perspective about you. He has a perspective about me that's far beyond where you are now. This is what you have to understand. He's actually not looking at you now. He's looking at where you will be. You see, when he comes in and he looks at you, he doesn't see all the problems. He doesn't see how messed up you are. He sees what he's called you into. And he treats you according to your destiny. You want, to see, you want to see people light up, treat them according to their destiny instead of just what you see in them right now. That's one way that when I minister with people, I can feel it. I can feel the things coming off of them. They don't feel worthy. They feel like they've messed up too many times. And I always pray, Lord, I just want to see them how you see them. Because I, I, I'll be honest, sometimes I see all the same stuff, and I have to get past that. And say, Lord, I have to be able to see this person as you see them. Jesus didn't look at Lonnie Frisbee and say, oh, what a messed up guy. He said, I can see what I put in that boy. He doesn't see it yet. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. In the early 90s, I'm just taking you through a history lesson, and I've shared some of this before, so just go with me if you've heard it. But there was a church, still a church, called Carpenter's Church in Lakeland, Florida. And at that time, it was the largest AG church in the, in the world, I believe. This was in that season where, like, everybody was super dignified in church, right? Like, three-piece suit, you know, you know good posture, even, even at that point, you know, uh, you know, it was just everyone was well put together. 
don't let anything get out of hand, you know, that kind of place. And the pastor of this church oh, has this idea to bring Rodney Howard Brown in. No. <laughs> Rodney Howard Brown is not actually that funny of a guy, but he has this anointing on him that when he comes in the room, the place gets whacked. And so the, they decide to bring him in, and, and all of a sudden, what happens? Rodney Howard Brown comes into this church that is completely dignified, and the spirit of joy whacks the place. And all of a sudden, thousands and thousands and thousands of well-put-together wearing their suit. I'm talking, you know, ladies with their hair to perfection. And all of a sudden, the spirit hits, and people are falling on the ground laughing. Just cracking up. I, I love when people, I love when someone like at the end of the service gets hit with joy, and and it's like you never know what that person's been going through. I, I, I every now and then something will happen, and people are looking at me like, "You gonna do anything about it?" I've I've told this story before, but. I remember hearing Bill Johnson telling the story of he was at a conference with uh, Heidi Baker, and there was uh, Bill gets Bill. One of the things that Bill will share, he said, I, "I struggle if someone's like acting it up in worship, like becoming a distraction, like it's it's not legit." And he's like, "There was this lady that was like doing twirls and all this around the front." And he was like, "I was like," he said, "In my heart, I was starting to judge, and I could feel it." And he said, "It was like it was just bothering me," and he said, "I was looking at her, and then." He said, I was about to have, like, one of the ushers say something. And then he said, Heidi comes over to me. And Heidi just puts her arm around me and says, isn't she just amazing? You got to know Heidi, right? Like, she, isn't she just amazing, Bill? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. She just got delivered from years of prostitution. And she just got set free. And she is, like, her first service just worshiping. And Bill's like, I love her. I just love watching her worship before the Lord. And man, listen, when the Holy Spirit breaks out, I'm telling you, people pray for an outpouring, but I often don't know if you know what it could look like when it shows up. Because Jesus, when we pray, he doesn't come sit in the back row. <laughs> Jesus, when you pray, Lord, have your way, he'll take you up on that. And he'll come up and he'll mess up everything that we had planned. That's why I just kind of start with thinking that could happen. Like, Lord, just if it happens, I'm good. I have a sermon for a backup. That's my plan B. I've learned if I think it's my plan B, then I feel better when I don't get to it. So I got a sermon just in case. <laughs> so all of a sudden, what happens in this movement? There's another man that's named Randy Clark that gets touched by the Holy Spirit. And so Randy Clark was called to visit Toronto with the Arnots, and what happens? He carries the same joy, and an outpouring breaks out. <laughs> and we had three sermons. <laughs> and all of a sudden, something begins to happen. You know, they took a lot of heat over what was going on. People made fun of them. People mocked them. And, you know, one of the things you have to be willing to say is, are you willing to take what comes with an outpouring? Because people will attack you. People will go after you. People went after him hard for the laughter and the joy. But interesting thing is that the United States, the U.S. is actually one, is the leading nation for needing antidepressants. Could it be that the Holy Spirit was trying to give the answer? You see, the thing about how the Holy Spirit works is he gives answers before sometimes we have questions. And sometimes it doesn't make sense when you get the answer before the need. I know, I know I'm sharing a lot this morning. I'll give you a Bible scripture to make it all legal before I close. So this is very abnormal for how I speak, but it just felt like the Lord said just share this morning. So, so often the Holy Spirit will give the response before we have the question. Sometimes it's awkward to receive the answer when you don't have a question yet. I mean, think about Noah building the ark. I mean, how many know he was the guy everybody made fun of? Oh, there's, there's Noah buying more parts for the ark. <laughs> Let me know how your boat's coming, Noah. What happened? He had an answer before there was an issue. And people would make fun of him. People would mock him. And we see that throughout the church so often the Lord shows up on the scene. And when he shows up with something new, he's trying to bring something to the table before people even know what we need.
But because we don't understand it yet, we often get scared of it. And say, I don't know about that. I don't know about all that laughter. I don't know about all that joy. I, mean, I can think of worse things to be happening in church than laughter and joy. It, it could be depressed and heavy. Give me a laughter joy church any day of the week. But see, he shows up and he has answers. And the new thing that God is looking to do, I'm telling you, it's always controversial because it's new. And the spirit of religion hates new. Why? Because the devil can't create. You know that, right? The devil has no creative abilities. So every time the Lord does something new, not only does the enemy know that he's getting ready to get stomped, it's also rubbed in his face that you can't do this. Because the enemy can only manipulate. He can only take what is and shift it. But the Lord shows up on the scene and says, let me do something new in the earth. And the devil hates new. God loves new. Just share a couple more thoughts with you guys. I love it that the Bible talks about even, it was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. He gave the answer before there was a problem. There's your scripture, all right? <laughs> he showed up and said, I got you covered. You see, I knew this was coming. Joseph, God told him, store up seven years of grain for what was coming. There's Joseph getting more grain for his crazy house. <laughs> God said, seven, just store it up. Store it up. You have to be okay with sometimes with people just, can I just be really practical? You have to be okay with everybody's not going to understand you. I'm okay with that. I got over that a while ago. Not everyone will understand you. Not everyone will understand this church. That's okay. It really is. God's called us to do a certain thing, and he's called other houses to do different missions, and we honor that. We really do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with a number of pastors around town, and we are absolutely no better than anyone. We're all different streams of a big river. And anytime one of us thinks we are the river, we're in trouble. We're just a stream. And, but we have to be okay with people not understanding. And you have to be okay with people seeing who you're not. One of the things about the kingdom is so often once you become okay with people seeing who you're not, that's when you get to step into who you're called to be. And people are scared. I, I, um, I had a, uh, I'm going to be transparent with you for a minute. We've had a couple different uh, great just times with some, Lord's been like hooking me up with really prophetic voices lately and having a lot of meals. Yesterday, uh, we had a, a lunch with a young lady named Demetria Stallings. You guys know who she is. She came a couple, year and a half ago and ministered here. And um, we went to a restaurant in Pineville. And um, I'll tell you what it is because it's just so yummy. It's Amelie's. And <laughs> if you're trying not to eat sweets, don't go to Amelie's. Um, and we were, we were sitting there, and we were, just, we were just having some conversation together, and the presence of the Lord just hit the table. And I mean, the whole restaurant's full of people. <laughs> oh, we look like crazies. I mean, we're sitting there, and I'm talking. The Lord begins just to download stuff, and I'm just, I'm talking. And, and the guy next to me is like, <laughs> you know? And then, and then the girl across the table is like, People are like eating their muffin, <laughs> like looking at our table. I was like, I'm not apologizing. And then, and then, you know, Demetrius, shoo, you know, just shoo, you know. And now we're getting like, then the prophetic words are starting to come loose. You know what I mean? And and we're starting to prophesy, and we're doing all these things, and we're and and, and uh, 
the Lord begins to speak and they begin to speak and they're speaking into me and they're telling me all these things because can I be honest with you I deal with insecurities just like everybody else I when the Lord's taking me places I have to face those suckers and step over them we went out with uh, Edwina and Craig here recently and just had a wonderful conversation and you said something to me that was so powerful because you she's so funny I, I won't tell you all the stuff but she we'd had yeah I'll just leave yeah and some of you'd be like that's weird so I'll leave it alone but she began to speak all these words into my life and she said I just see you as this as apostolic leader raising up leaders but then she said just the Lord wants you to know you are qualified you're qualified because why the biggest enemy to ourself is usually ourself and it's doubt and it all comes in and begins to talk to you that's why Jesus loves to just pick people that they got Lonnie had nothing to lose literally <laughs> he didn't even have clothes to lose like he had nothing to lose <laughs> I'm not <laughs> my mind stop it John stop it leave it alone <laughs> oh not right now Jesus don't make me start laughing No, don't do it. Don't. Oh. <laughs> All right. I got this. I got a few minutes left in me. Um, I just got whacked, guys. I don't know what just hit me. I know what just hit me. All right. What was I talking about? Um, Lonnie. Lonnie. Nothing to lose. Okay. Let's bring it back try to bring it back this is what happens when you just make an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit if we're, we're going to step into what the Lord's calling us to we got to get rid of the junk in our garage we got to get rid of things that we don't need to carry anymore we've got to let go of things that we've been carrying around some of us it's even teachings that have been they're hard to let go of I mean, I, there's been certain things we've carried for years, and God's saying, ah, I got something better than that. Yeah. That chair did its job, but if you sit on the arm, it will fall off. Like, <laughs> I've got a good, solid chair for you. And the things that were so connected to the Lord saying, I have something better. I have something better. But can you let go of what you don't need so you can get what he's calling you into? <laughs> Jesus. Thank you, Father. I have a lot of other stuff, but I think we're going to bring it down right about here. Jesus put his love for people above his reputation this blows my mind Jesus' method for um, equipping people was just sending them I mean some of the things we read there's, there's a passage in um, let's see where it is Luke I think it's Luke chapter 10 Luke chapter 10, verse 17 is an interesting scripture. It says, Then the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Can you hear their excitement? Like, it works. Like, this is amazing. And he replied, I saw Satan fall from lightning from heaven. And I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you, however... Do not rejoice that spirit submits you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. This is such a powerful scripture because we see something. I see, I get to see into Jesus' leadership skills. Like I get a peek at his leadership skills. He sends them out in his name. If I send somebody out in my name, I usually want to make sure they get it right. Well, John said. 
I want to make sure they're getting it right, if possible. Jesus sent them out in his name and said, here's how you do it. Go for it. And they went out, and they came back, and they said, it worked. You know what we just did? But you see, he valued them higher than his reputation. He knew they'd mess up. These are the same guys that sat around in a circle and said, hey, guys, who do you think's best? These aren't, they're not always on their A game, right? They're like, well, I mean, I'm probably definitely best. And they're like, hey, Jesus, who do you think's best? Jesus, I just love when he talks to him. He brings, like, he brings over in another pass as a child. He'll get the kingdom of God. Huh? You see, he called them, and they said yes, and they were qualified. There's a call that's resonating in the air right now. It's literally in the atmosphere. I can hear it. I can feel it in this room. I felt it this morning in prayer as I prayed over a couple and prophesied over a couple, and I feel that word now for the broader house, that there is words that words from the Lord have no expiration date. You haven't missed it. If you're alive, you're good. And if you're not, we'll raise you from the dead, and you still got another chance. <laughs> There's a call. It's the same call that Jesus put out with his disciples and said, will you go? Will you go? And they said, I'll sell everything. Let's do this. And they went out. They didn't have everything together. They were constantly, I mean, come on, Peter was always doing something dumb. It was like, like <laughs> Peter. But at the same time, he's the only one that got out of the boat. See, we give Peter a hard time, but he was also the one that when he saw Jesus on the water, he said, I'll give it a shot. He was the only one. Peter was the one when Jesus preached the most controversial sermon ever and said, you're going <laughs> to eat my flesh and drink my blood. There's not a lot of details in that scripture, but all we know is it went from a very large crowd to him turning to his disciples. I get the feeling that everyone else left. I mean, here's Jesus. This is all already a little bit new, and he's like... You got to eat my flesh, drink my blood. Now, we know that's metaphorical. They're like, oh, we just went into cannibalism. <laughs> and it said that he turned to his disciples, and they said, this is hard. But Peter, Peter said, but all I know is when you speak, there's life on your words. And then he makes this remark that is, I live on this. He said, where else would we go? Where else would we go? We've already been ruined by your presence. I'm talking to all you in this. Listen, you've been, you've been ruined by his presence. I've been ruined by his presence. I can't go sit in a service and, without his presence. Performance? I can feel it when it shows up. And I'm like, oh, the striving, the performing. That's what I love about this team. I watch them. I don't know what, I never, I never know what my wife's going to do up there. You know, but I saw her up here on her knees singing on that I am full of life. Hitting the floor. And what you don't know is that she's been going through the process where her father has cancer. And I know the story behind what she's doing up there. And she says, I'm full of life. I am strong. And she's hitting that floor, putting her stake in the ground, saying, this is who I am. That's, that's the people. That's the people. When Tiffany, when I, when I handed off the worship ministry, she was scared to death. She's like, oh, I don't even play an instrument. Well, thankfully, you got a lot of people that do. I said, you'll be fine. You got it. I know you do. She said yes. She said yes. God's looking for a yes. He's got, he's, he's looking for a yes. Let's stand up. Let's stand. 
this morning is a lot different than whatever we call normal. <laughs> um, but I want to end this, and I feel like there's a response that needs to happen in our hearts, and it's God is calling, and he's looking at us. And I just want you right now to just do something very simple. Close your eyes for this one. And I want you to, as simply as you can, just say, Lord, say it, you don't have to say it out loud, just in your heart, just say, Lord, I am gazing on you. Tiffany said it this morning. We get to, we get to look at his face. I know it blows some people's mind, but the veil was torn. There's nothing between you and him. I want you to put out every distraction, and this doesn't take but a moment. I want you to set your eyes on him. And I want you to hear him. I want you to, I want you to engage every sense you have. You're feeling, you're hearing, you're seeing. And I want you to hear the Father calling to you. Will you go for me? And this is not a mission sermon. This is just a simple, will you advance the kingdom? When he walks up, the disciples say, you're with me? He's saying to you, are you with me? And now you get to respond. And you respond with what's in your heart right now. And I say yes. I say yes for me. I say yes for this house. And I declare that we're coming into a season where it's going to be far beyond what you could have ever imagined. The Lord is raising up the Josephs to impact culture. Are you okay with serving kings? Because that's what he's calling us to do. We welcome you. Right now, just, just as we close out, just tell him however you need to word it. I welcome you in my life. I welcome what you're calling me to. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. I feel his presence just, just, just so thick in this house. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Sometimes to step into what he's calling you into, it, it takes just that. You have to step into it. If, if you leave the service thinking, I said yes, and that's where it ends, we've missed it. He's looking for courageous people that do what they need to do to follow him.